0: So President Trump has a new nickname for Stormy Daniels and Elizabeth Warren's Native American tale collapses and Michael Avenatti had a bad day and now he's having a slightly better day. So we will get into all the Avenatti related things. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This is certainly the most entertaining timeline. I mean, I don't know what happened, what black hole we fell through to emerge from the other side where the president of the United States is calling a woman horse face he once had sex with. And she is insulting his genitalia as a mushroom character from a 1997 video game. But all I can say is I'm very happy we fell into this particular black hole because it's deeply entertaining. I have so much to say about so many things today. But first, let's talk about another podcast that you should actually listen to. There are hundreds of thousands of legal cases in litigation every day in the United States court system. Most of them will never reach the media's attention. But the ones that you know about, Well, you don't know as much as you think you do, which is why you ought to listen to a podcast from Wondery called Legal Wars. Host Hill Harper gives you behind-the-scenes access into some of the most famous cases to have ever graced America's courtrooms. You'll hear about influential cases that have changed the face of America, things like the Rodney King trial or Anna Nicole Smith's battle for her inheritance or the takedown of the gossip site Gawker. Go listen to Legal Wars on Apple Podcasts. The first episode is about Hulk Hogan versus Gawker, which actually did change the way media is done in the United States. This is a case in which Hogan walked out of the courtroom with a multi-million dollar settlement, but you don't know the whole story until you've listened to Legal Wars. You can find Legal Wars on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, or head over to That's Wondery.fm slash Ben. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-Y dot F-M slash Ben, Wondery.fm Slash Ben. You can go check out Legal Wars from Wondery. Other podcasts are awesome, but this one is particularly entertaining, and I've really enjoyed listening to it. So go check it out right now, Legal Wars on Apple Podcasts or at Wondery.fm slash Ben. It's great. You're going to have fun listening to it. All right. So did you think that yesterday's news cycle was going to be the pinnacle of insanity? Did you think that we had really reached the apex of crazy and hilarious with Elizabeth Warren revealing a test that supposedly showed that she was Native American? only to show that she is significantly less Native American than a Jeep Grand Cherokee? Were you a person who thought, you know, maybe we finally reached the summit of ridiculousness with Elizabeth Warren claiming that she was a member of the Cherokee Nation when, in fact, Elizabeth Warren is whiter than this piece of paper? Did you think we... Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's 2018, gang. Boom! So... President Trump leads off this morning and he had a bunch of tweets about Elizabeth Warren. We'll get to those in just a second. But we begin, we begin with the president of the United States who's decided that he doesn't like Stormy Daniels anymore. Our producer, Senya, is down with illness, but we'll make a Taylor Swift reference for her here. It turns out they are never, ever, ever getting back together. So here is what happened. There's a lawsuit that Stormy Daniels had filed against the President of the United States. It was always a frivolous, stupid lawsuit. Anybody with a law degree knew this. And there was a suit in which she sued him for defamation after he tweeted that she was engaged in a total con job. Right? She t- he tweeted a sketch years later about a non-existent man, a total con job playing the fake news media for fools. This is when she claimed that she was stalked by a guy who was sent by Trump. And she sued him for defamation. Okay, That's not defamation. She's a public figure. Defamation is knowing and knowingly and maliciously attacking someone with false information. It's knowing and malicious is the standard for public figures. It wasn't knowing and it wasn't malicious. It was just basically free speech and him giving an opinion. But she sued him for defamation and then it was thrown out. The case was thrown out. And here's what the judge wrote. The court agrees with Mr. Trump's argument because the tweet in question constitutes rhetorical hyperbole normally associated with politics and public discourse in the United States. The First Amendment protects this type of rhetorical statement. Not only that, the judge ruled that Stormy Daniels now had to pay Trump's legal fees. Ouch. So the president of the United States had a had a response on Twitter. Remember, this is an office once occupied by Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Ronald Reagan. Here's the president of the United States official statement on his Twitter account. Quote, Federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels' lawsuit versus Trump. Trump is entitled to full legal fees. Great. Now I can go after face." and her third-rate lawyer in the great state of Texas. She will confirm the letter she signed. She knows nothing about me. A total con. Well, that's one way to step on a news cycle. So we could have done an entire week of Elizabeth Warren. Now we will do an entire week of the President of the United States calling a woman he once had sex with horseface. Yeah. So that's a thing. Now, a couple of different things to, to note here. First of all, if you had to sum up this entire this entire news cycle in one meme. It would be President Trump as the Lone Ranger, Silver would be Horseface Stormy Daniels, and Tonto would be Elizabeth Warren. So our our artistic geniuses in the back room are cooking up that one right now. But with that said, um, is it good that the President of the United States calls any woman Horseface? No, probably not a good thing. Is it smart that he calls a woman he once had sex with horse face? Well, it does call into judgment. It does call into question his judgment regarding women. It's kind of a weird thing to do. Like you have sex with a woman you're not married to, and then you call her horse face. Is that more of a rip on her or a rip on your taste? Because it's kind of weird. Also, just politically speaking, is that going to make for a good news cycle that now we're going to get media outrage about Trump calling woman horse face like a week and a half after the Brett Kavanaugh saga in which the left wanted to launch a war on women and failed? Is that going to be good? No. But no one ever accused the president of not stepping on his own mushroom. So it's really it, it, it's 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 not great, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that there are flaws in this in this line of thinking. Then when the president got up this morning and he thought, you know what? I'm going to tweet about Stormy Daniels and her horse face. Hi host Silver. Away. Dun, 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 dun. Um yeah. Not great. Not great. Okay. Now, just from an objective an objective human point of view. Is it hilarious? Of course it's hilarious. Okay, we can appreciate two things at once. Trump, when it comes to women, is a garbage human. Okay, I've said this one million times because it is one million times true. He is not great with women. And when I say not great with women, I mean that this is a man who said in the 1970s that avoiding STDs was his own personal Vietnam. This is a guy who nailed anything that moved for about 40 years here. And this this is a man who is very lucky there are not lots of little illegitimate Trumps walking around. Like, Trump has not been shy about his treatment of women. I mean, he was caught on tape in the last election cycle saying, in Access Hollywood tape, that he grabbed women by their, by their hooves. So it's, it's, it's very... it's Like, there's nothing shocking here, but just from a pure human point of view, are we through the looking glass? Are we in the middle of idiocracy? You bet your ass we're in the middle of idiocracy. I mean, my goodness. Because I go to the stables every morning and there's her horse face. Horseface and Toad from Mario Kart, an American romance. That's where we are. So, all good stuff. The other narrative of the day is that Elizabeth Warren, as Tonto, is not actually Native American. So, she claimed that she was Native American many, 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 many times. She claimed that she was Native American in legal journals. She claimed that she was Native American in an award that she won from University of Pennsylvania Law School. She claimed that she was Native American in a story that she told over and over and over, a romantic story, a Romeo and Juliet story about her mother, a, Native Amer- a proud Native American woman wandering the plains who met her father and her father brought her home. But the in-laws were racist, racist, and said, you can't bring home that Native American woman. You can't bring home that, that Indian. Get out of here. And then apparently her parents eloped and they had a, a beautiful romance from there on. And well, it turns out that Elizabeth Warren is not, in fact, Native American. But it was funny to watch as the narrative turned yesterday. So Yesterday, Elizabeth Warren started this whole thing off by releasing a video of her and her family members talking about how Native American she was. And here was what the video sounded like.
1: This isn't just about casual racism, war hoops and tomahawk chops. Native communities have faced discrimination, neglect, and violence for generations. And Trump can say whatever he wants about me. But mocking Native Americans or any group in order to try to get at me That's not what America stands for. Some people have questioned my heritage and my family history. Maybe they do it to insult me. Maybe they do it to distract from the kinds of changes I'm fighting for and the kind of change I'm trying to bring to Washington. Maybe they do it because they think politics is a blood sport. But my parents were real people. The love they shared, the struggles they endured, the family they built, the story they lived will always be etched on my heart.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: no one, not even the President of the United States, will ever take it
0: away The from story me. is etched on her heart. Etched on her heart. And then she goes to all her family members who are talking about their Native American heritage. And then she releases a study. And the study shows that she is one, maybe, maybe, not totally, maybe, one 1024th Native American. <laughs> one 1024th Native American, which is just awesome. It's just awesome in every way. So she releases that. And watch as her tweets evolve over the course of the day. So she starts off by saying this. By the way, a real Donald Trump, remember saying on 7-5 July 5th that you'd give a million dollars to a charity of my choice if my DNA showed Native American ancestry? I remember, and here's the verdict. Please send the check to the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. And number one, that's not what he said. What he said is, if you prove you're Native American, then I'll give you a million bucks. She didn't prove she was Native American. She proved that she is whiter than any person this side of Marky Mark. And then she continued... Tweeting, but watch how our tweets evolve. NIWRC is a nonprofit working to protect Native women from violence. More than half of all Native women have experienced sexual violence, and the majority of violent crimes against Native Americans are perpetrated by non-Natives. Send them your $1 million check, Donald Trump. And then she continues along these lines. I took the test and released the results for anyone who cares to see, because I've got nothing to hide. What are you hiding, Donald Trump? Release your tax returns, or the Democratic-led House will do it for you soon enough. Tick-tock, Mr. President. You know, this is one of the most annoying things on Twitter these days, the TikTok tock routine. Oh, well, TikTok, I mean, we're ticking down to something big. Or it turns down, we are ticking down to you completely collapsing in on yourself like a dying star. She continues, and she says, Having some memory do- problems, Donald Trump? Should we call for a doctor? Here's something you won't forget, Mr. President. You're the least popular president in modern history, and your allies will go down hard in the midterm elections. 22 days. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. Oh, God. Oh god! I mean then she could, but then she concludes, "I won't sit quietly for Donald Trump's racism." So I took a test, but, but, DNA and family history has nothing to do with tribal affiliation or citizenship, which is determined only, only by tribal nations. I respect the distinction and don't list myself as a native in the Senate. Wait, what happened? Like, I mean, that was a sudden left turn. It's like when Michael Scott was driving on the road and the GPS told him to drive into the lake. That's basically how that tweet thread went. He just. He's talking, she's talking about, yeah, I'm Native American and, and Native Americans are great and give some money to Native Americans. like, But I'm not Native American. What could have happened to trigger such a change? What could have happened to Tonto? We will explain in just one second. But first, let's talk about your omega-3 levels. If you're experiencing joint pain or chronic inflammation, lack of concentration, weight gain, chances are you're probably one of those folks. This is why you need to try Omax 3 Ultra Pure. Omax is offering my listeners 60%. Off a one-month supply of ultra-pure plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So you can try it. If you don't like it, then you're not going to lose anything. You hear all the hype around omega-3s. Well, now is your chance to try the purest form of omega-3 on the market. Go to tryomax.com slash Shapiro. Omega-3 fatty acids, they're vital to your overall health. They're considered uh, a worthwhile pills, certainly, by experts. They improve mood, memory, brain, cardiovascular health. But a lot of the top sellers simply are not pure enough to actually do anything. This is why, if you want to feel the benefits, you need to try Omax3 Ultra Pure. It's the only game-changing omega-3 supplement on the market, 94% pure, with a patented EPA to DHA ratio of 4 to 1 to fight unwanted joint pain and inflammation. Now, folks in the office have tried Omax3, and they say that it really does work. Go check it out. Right now, also you can do the freezer test. If you take any other Omega-3 and you put it in the freezer, you take it out, it's cloudy because it's not pure. OMAX 3 soft gel remains clear because it is indeed pure. Go to tryomax.com slash Shapiro to get 60% off a one-month supply plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So you got nothing to lose. T-R-Y-O-M-A-X.com slash Shapiro to get 60% off a one-month supply plus free shipping and that 60-day money-back guarantee. Tryomax.com slash Shapiro. Terms and conditions do apply. So what could have changed? Elizabeth Warren's mind? What could have changed her mind? She was saying very confidently that she was Native American. That right? She was Native American. And then all of a sudden, well, you know, it turns out the tribes get to decide who's Native American. Why? Why? Because the Cherokee Nation came out and said, uh, you're not Native American. The Ch- the, now, let's be clear about this. The Cherokee Nation does not come out and make political statements very often, but they sent out their Secretary of State, Chuck Hoskin, to issue a statement. He said, quote, a DNA test is useless to determine tribal citizenship. Current DNA tests do not even distinguish whether a person's ancestors were indigenous to North or South America. Sovereign tribal nations set their own legal requirements for citizenship. And while DNA tests can be used to determine lineage, such as paternity to an individual, it is not evidence for tribal affiliation. And then they continued, using a DNA test to lay claim to any connection to the Cherokee Nation or any tribal nation, even vaguely, is inappropriate and wrong. It makes a mockery out of DNA tests and its legitimate uses, while also dishonoring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens, whose ancestors are well-documented and whose heritage is proven. Senator Warren is undermining tribal interests with her continued claims of tribal heritage. Ouch. Ouch. So she just got slammed by the Cherokee Nation, to which she claims ancestral membership. Yeah, That went poorly for Elizabeth Warren, which is why she shifted and said, I'm not claiming that I'm Native American anymore, but I'm kind of Native American, so give me a million dollars. Again, I call on the Trump administration, I call on President Trump to personally sign a $900 check to Elizabeth Warren's charity of choice because she is one 1,024th Native American, maybe he should pay her 1,024th of a million dollars. That is the amount to which she is owed. So President Trump was asked about this yesterday and he basically dismissed all of it. (laughs) No, I have to no. Who, who cares? Who cares? $1 million to share I didn't say that. No. No. I didn't. You better read it again. I hope she's running for President, because I think she'd be very easy. I hope that she is running. I do not think she'd be difficult at all.
1: She'll destroy the country. She'll make our country into Venezuela. With that being said,
0: I don't want to say bad things about her, because I hope she would be one of the people that would get through the process. It's going to be a long process for the Democrats. Okay, so President Trump, he, he's eager to go after Elizabeth Warren. Again, I still think we need the image of him with a publisher's clearinghouse size check, handing it to, to, to Elizabeth Warren in order to basically have that image linked with Elizabeth Warren forever. Unfortunately, it seems like he's swiveled and he's less interested in whether Elizabeth Warren has a relationship with Tonto and more interested in whether Stormy Daniels is in fact silver. I owe silver. Away. But I want to talk a little bit more about why it's important for Elizabeth Warren to have maintained her Native American ancestry point, what made her think she could get away with this. So let's talk about that. Here's the thing. There was a story that came out September 1st of this year in the Boston Globe, and it discussed a serious issue for Elizabeth Warren. Was Senator Warren actually a professor at Harvard Law because she claimed Native American ancestry? In other words, was she granted special status that sort of gave her in, an upper hand when it came to her job at University of Pennsylvania or at Harvard Law School. Well, this long article from the Boston Globe, in-depth research found that folks at Harvard said that her Native American claims had nothing to do with any of that, that her Native American claims had nothing to do with her actual ability to be granted a professorship at Harvard Law School. They interviewed something like 31 professors, many of whom were on the admissions committee, some of whom I know, people like Charles Freed, who I had for contracts. And he said, no, when we hired her, it had nothing to do with her claiming Native American ancestry. In fact, we didn't even know that at the time. We assumed she was white. And the internal documents suggested that University of Pennsylvania treated her as a white person. And so did Harvard Law School until it became beneficial for them to claim that she was of minority heritage for purposes of their diversity curriculum, right? They had to claim that they had a certain number of diverse professors. And so they sort of faked it and said that she was Native American. But that doesn't mean she got her job based on Native American American claims. So with that said, why didn't Elizabeth Warren a month and a half ago simply say, look, I was told by my family members that I had Cherokee ancestry. My mom used to tell me that. My uncles and aunts used to tell me that. And because of that, I simply assumed that they were right. I wasn't going to assume that my relatives were lying to me. Those were the stories that I was told growing up. I guess that was wrong. And so I never should have done any of that stuff. But it didn't have any impact on my actual career trajectory. My career trajectory was going to be great no matter what and had nothing to do with those claims. So I apologize to Native Americans for having taken seriously the stories of my family without checking them. But with that said, to claim that I was a beneficiary of some sort of affirmative action is simply untrue. Why didn't she do that? Well, there are two reasons she didn't do that, and both of them are telling. Reason number one, she figured that she could get away with pretty much anything because the media would cover for her, which the media did yesterday. There were headlines. In the Daily Beast saying, Elizabeth Warren proves Native American ancestry. There's a headline over at CNN. Elizabeth Warren provides solid evidence of Native American ancestry. So she legitimately threw out a study that showed she was not Native American and counted on the media to say that the study showed she was actually Native American. And the media complied for the first 12 hours. And then it all began to fall apart because people can read. And we don't live in a world where there are only three networks and three major newspapers anymore. We live in a world where people can fact-check stuff. And that meant that her narrative began to collapse in on her. So she thought she could get away with it because the media would cover for her. And why not? Why wouldn't she think that? I mean, the media have covered for the fact that Beto O'Rourke in Texas, who is being treated as an Obama-esque, Kennedy-esque, new, young figure, that that guy was involved in a DUI when he was 26 that involved him crossing over a median line, smashing a truck, and then trying to flee from the scene. And they're still touting him as the big new next Democratic thing. Now, listen, I'm somebody who's had my license suspended for driving too fast. I'm obvious about that. I was not driving drunk and I didn't crash into anybody. It was on an empty freeway. Beto O'Rourke was driving drunk and hit a guy and then tried to flee the scene while he was drunk. And the media have basically said that's a big nothing. This is the same media that said that George W. Bush's DUI back in the 1970s should have disqualified him in 2000 from running for the presidency like two weeks before the election. So Elizabeth Warren had good cause to think that the media were going to cover for her no matter what. If the media covered Democrats the way they cover Republicans, half of the candidates for Congress in this election cycle would be toast. They would be finished. Bob Menendez in New Jersey would be done. He'd be, honestly, he'd be gone. Claire McCaskill in Missouri would be done. Kristen Sinema in Arizona would be just toast. But they are not because Elizabeth Warren, like every other Democrat, knows that there is a grace a a sort of buffer zone that is established for democratic candidates. And so she can simply claim native American ancestry without any proof. And the media will continue to cover for her as much as humanly possible. Right. And they, they will just continue to cover for her endlessly. That's the reason number one, that Elizabeth Warren felt comfortable releasing a study that actually contradicted her main narrative line. Then there is reason number two. And this one goes a little bit deeper for the Democrats. So reason number two, we'll get to in just one second. First, Let's talk about how you manage your money. Okay, you need to outsmart average. You need to be better than the average investor. The smart way to manage your money is the folks over at Betterment. So, Betterment has a cutting-edge technology combined with human expertise. It's an investment tool for people who refuse to settle for average investing. Their technology is designed to help you make more from your investments. It's unlimited expert advice designed to help you make those smart, financial decisions, tax-efficient investing strategies that give you an edge, low transparent fees, constant access to information and tools that allow you to track progress toward your goals. so you can always feel like a smart, savvy investor. The reason that you need Betterment is for the same reason that you are a, a person, You you don't, need, you don't necessarily have all the time that you need in order to do all the research on your own into investing. Well, Betterment, helps you do all of that stuff. It's an online financial advisor. I have a financial advisor. You should have a financial advisor, too. And cost should not be a barrier to getting good financial advice. Well, Betterment makes sure that you can get that financial advice with extraordinarily low cost and all the information you need. Now, investment involves risks. listeners can get up to one year managed for free. For more information, visit Betterment.com slash Shapiro. That's Betterment.com slash Shapiro. Outsmart Average. Again, sign up today and get up to one year managed for free. That is Betterment.com slash Shapiro. And again, that gets you up to one year managed for free. So it's a pretty solid deal for getting good advice on how exactly you ought to be investing your money. Okay, so what is the second reason? What is the second reason that Elizabeth Warren didn't just come out months ago and say, listen, my family got the story wrong. You know, we're, I shouldn't have said all that stuff, but I trusted my family. My bad, had no impact on my career. Why didn't she just say that? The second reason is because identity politics, identity politics, is all that matters to the left. And Elizabeth Warren knows this. She knows that in a battle between Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris, she comes up short in the minority category. Folks in the Democratic Party have decided that all that matters in the end is intersectionality. How many victim groups you belong to. Elizabeth Warren only belongs to one purported victim group. She's a white woman. And white women are under a pretty significant attack by the left right now. There's an article we read last week on this program, an op-ed in the New York Times, talking about how white women were the serious problem in the United States. Elizabeth Warren is a white woman. She has no intersectional advantage over Cory Booker, over Kamala Harris, over Deval Patrick. Claiming minority status allows her to say that she is part of the victimized minority in the United States, even though she's led a pretty easy life. Elizabeth Warren went to Rutgers Law School, and then she became a a lawyer, and then she became a law professor at University of Texas at Austin, then University of Pennsylvania, then Harvard Law School. She flipped some houses. She's made some money. Elizabeth Warren is not a person who has endured tremendous suffering at the hands of the evil American patriarchy and hierarchy, she has to come up with some story of victimhood. And the easiest way to do that is to try and connect to your relatives. It's the same routine that Hillary Clinton did. She used to talk about her parents all the time and how her parents suffered a lot. Her mom particularly was, was trod upon as a woman in the United States because, Elizabeth, because it turns out Hillary didn't have a good victimization story. In the Democratic Party, you need a victimization story in order so that you can try to lead the charge on behalf of all the victim groups. Elizabeth Warren knew that she needed to lead that charge, but she could only do that if she identified as some form of minority. And the way that she did that is by saying that she had Native American ancestry and what group in America has been more put upon than Native Americans? And so she wouldn't let it go. She wouldn't let it go. Now it's backfired on her because you can imagine how these Democratic debates are going to go. You're going to see people like Kamala Harris turn to a a bunch, uh, turn to Elizabeth Warren. You're going to see Deval Patrick, Cory Booker turn to Elizabeth Warren and suggest that Elizabeth Warren basically traded on fake minority heritage in order to try and score points with the minority base. It's going to hurt her pretty badly. So Elizabeth Warren actually damaged herself pretty significantly. But that was basically inevitable because she was stuck between a rock and a hard place. She's just a white woman running in a party that doesn't care about white women and thinks that white women are part of the patriarchy. And she also can't claim minority status because if she does, she's lying. So Elizabeth Warren shot herself in the foot in a pretty significant way here, and I'm not sure that she recovers because honesty was not a priority. If she had simply been honest about all this stuff, everything would have been fine. She wasn't, and so things went to hell in a handbasket for her. Meanwhile, she's not the only Democrat in turmoil. There's a story out today: President Trump has raised already for his re-election ancestry, his ancestry, his re-election campaign, 100 million dollars in fundraising for his re-election. It's only 2018. According to Greenwich Times, the Greenwich Times, President Trump has topped $100 million in fundraising for his 2020 re-election bid, an enormous haul for a president barely two years into his first term. According to new figures reported by his 2020 campaign, Trump pulled in more than $18 million last quarter through his campaign committee and two joint fundraising committees with the RNC for a total of at least $106 million since January 17, 2017, according to his campaign and federal filings. So that's bad news for Democrats who thought that Trump would have collapsed at this point, that he would have destroyed himself by this point. Trump can't destroy himself because nothing you do can destroy a man who has no character. Okay, President Trump is not a man of rich character. Listen, I like a lot of what he does politically. But this is a guy who goes on Twitter and calls former lovers who he had sex with while he was married horseface. face. Okay, so it's going to be kind of difficult to destroy that guy. And it turns out that most folks who want to see his priorities put in place don't care too much about his character. Like, we've established that character in American politics is no longer a major concern, obviously. And so Trump can raise as much money as he wants. Meanwhile, Democrats in Senate races across the country are having trouble too. Beto O'Rourke, acting on the best ideals of his Democratic Spread the Wealth Around campaign, he announced on Monday he is not going to share any of his $38 million war chest, even though Democratic bosses want the cash for more competitive states. So, Beto O'Rourke is going to lose to Ted Cruz in Texas in the Senate race. Latest polls have him down almost double digits after the media have been fawning over him the same way they fawned over Wendy Davis, the former state senator in Texas, who then lost by something like 20 points to Greg Abbott. Well, now they are for governor in Texas. They're doing the same thing with Beto O'Rourke. Beto won't share the money. Why won't he spread the wealth around? Why is he so greedy, Beto O'Rourke? He's like a Republican or something. The Texas Democrat told reporters after a campaign rally, he will not spare any expense in his own race. He plans to leave all the money he has raised out on the field ahead of election day. O'Rourke raised from July to September $38.1 million. He says that he is, going to, he is not going to contribute any of that money to other candidates which is kind of amazing because, honestly, if he wants to ensure his future in the Democratic Party, he really should become a patron of the arts, right? He should be taking that money and distributing it to more hotly contested races. He's not going to do any of that. So that's a bad story for Democrats. Meaning, uh, meanwhile, Claire McCaskill is running a very tight race in Missouri. And James O'Keefe, the kind of undercover journalist, uh, he's kind of a shock journalist over at Project Veritas. He's done some good work before. He sent his workers into, he sent some of his folks into Claire McCaskill's office, and he got Claire McCaskill's people to acknowledge that she is campaigning far to the right of where she actually is on the issues. Here's some of what that sounded like.
1: Yeah. I can tell them, because she does, support a semi-automatic firearm. Because I want to say something I shouldn't say. I think semi-automatic, like, a semi-automatic rifle ban. Okay. What, more so what she would support.
0: But she doesn't, like, openly... Go out and support groups like Moms Demand Action or just like other groups that are like related to that because that could hurt like people her like her ability to get elected because people like see that and they're just like, well, I don't want to support her, even though like they stand for the same policies. Right. Um, okay, So she's basically been fibbing about her own positions. So Claire McCaskill is in trouble in Missouri. Kristen Cinema just 3 weeks ago was leading Martha McSally in the Arizona Senate race and now it turns out that all of her past has come out and Kristen Cinema is a nutcase. So Kristen Cinema is the Democratic nominee in Arizona. According to the Washington Examiner, she apparently takes sorcery very seriously. Emails obtained by the Washington Examiner show Cinema was invited to a prominent coven of feminist witches in Arizona. It was called Pagan Cluster to celebrate International Women's Day and to protest the war in March of 2003. Code Pink protesters wore pink, obviously enough, and the women in black wore black. But Cinema encouraged the witches to wear colorful clothing and come ready to dance, twirl, and stay in touch with your inner creativity and with the earth. The cinema campaign would not say why she invited the witches or clarify why she thought members of the occult deserved a seat at the table during discussions concerning war and peace. The witches in question, it should be noted, claimed to practice only nonviolent magic. Per the About section on their webpage, there's a peaceful and democratic kind of sorcery. The pagan cluster focuses on sharing spiritual insights and participating in direct democracy. Their visions are decidedly liberal. Many of their coven, quote, have roots in the reclaiming tradition of feminist witchcraft. Mm Mm-hmm. Cinema also went to an anti-war rally with pagans later that year. And uh, apparently she talked about singing and spiraling in the pagan circle only five rows from the police line. Uh, and then the police arrested everybody. So Kirsten Sinema, yeah, just doing yeoman's work on behalf of her own campaign. Also, it turns out she organized for the Arizona Alliance for Peace and Justice. In one email, she urged supporters of the AAPJ to deluge, to deluge the phone lines of a radio show hosted by an unapologetic, unconditional supporter of Israeli policy. So Kirsten Sinema, uh is basically toast in that Senate race as well. Democrats radicalism is the major issue here. And all they have is President Trump, which is why it's not good that the President of the United States goes around calling women horseface. I mean, really, this is... We'll get to more of that in just one second. The Democratic response to all of this. Plus, a kind of shocking story. Carter Page is now suing the folks over at Fusion GPS. We'll get to all of that in just a second. First, I need to talk to you about something that has really made my back feel better. So I work out a lot. I mean, look at this chiseled body. I work out a lot, but that also means that I sometimes get lower back pain, particularly. Like after lifting heavy objects, I get lower back pain. And that was why I was so excited to hook up with the folks over at Teeter. The Teeter Inversion Table is awesome. You use gravity in your own body weight to decompress your spine, relieve pressure on your discs and surrounding nerves. In fact, my personal trainer, is a guy who, you know, he's in incredible shape. He's in his early 50s. He's in just unbelievable shape, like the shape of a 30-year-old. But he started having significant neck and back pain, and he started using the teeter inversion table to relieve that pain as well. They thought he was going to need surgery. He may not need surgery, you know, based on the relief of the pain, part of which is due to the teeter inversion table. Decompressing on a teeter inversion table for a few minutes a day is a great addition to anyone's daily routine to maintain a healthy spine and active lifestyle without the pain. It decompresses my my spine. It's good for the shoulders. Now, there are some products that I talk about that I use a lot. This is definitely one of them. The Teter Inversion Table is just awesome. Over 3 million people have put their trust in Teeter, and they're the only Inversion Table brand that has been, been both safely certified by UL Laboratories and FDA registered as a Class 1 medical device and right now they're offering a great deal for my listeners for a limited time you can get the brand new 2019 Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table model with bonus accessories and a free pair of gravity boots so you can invert at home or take the boots with you to the gym the regular price is 499 bucks but they are offering it to my listeners for 349 bucks a saving of $150 at teeter.com/ben you will also get free shipping Free returns, a 60-day money-back guarantee, so there is absolutely no risk to you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the new 2019 Teeter Fit Spine Inversion Table plus a free pair of gravity boots by going to teeter.com slash ben. That's T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash ben for that special deal. Go check it out right now. It really is a fantastic product. Okay, now, if you want to listen to the rest of today's show and more jokes about horses and Tonto, then what you really need to do is go over to dailywire.com right now and subscribe. When you do, you get all sorts of goodies. You get the rest of this show live, the rest of Clavin's show live, the rest of Knowles' show live. When you get our annual, you get, th- that's $99 a year, cheaper than the monthly. You get this, the leftist tiers, hot or cold Tumbler, much sought after, much discussed, but never duplicated. Also, you get access to all of our hosts when you want to ask them questions. Like today, p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Pacific. It's time for our next episode of The Conversation when Andrew Clavin will be taking your questions and answering them live on air. It's hosted by Alicia Krauss, and you'll get a full hour of Drew's wisdom guaranteed to produce leftist tears, plus the light that emerges from his bald, shiny dome will illuminate your day. As always, this episode will be free for everybody to watch on Facebook and YouTube. Only subscribers can ask the questions, so go check that out. Plus, more goodies coming up this Wednesday, October 16th, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, don't mix our, miss our next episode of Daily Wire Backstage with God King Jeremy Boring, myself, Andrew Clavin, Michael Knowles, and Alicia Kraus. We'll be taking questions, but only from Daily Wire subscribers, so make sure to become one today. I mean, look at the amount of content we're putting out for you people. What do I have to do to get you to subscribe? Just go do it already. Come on. You listen every day, lazy bums. Just go just go subscribe. Just do it. And get this. Again, look at this. It's magical. The Leftist here's Hot or Cold Tumblr. You will love it. Go check all of that out. Plus, subscribe at YouTube. Subscribe. Over at iTunes, we have great Sunday specials coming up. I can't wait to announce next week's guest because it really is great. We have like, the next several weeks, we have unbelievable guests. We had great guests last week with Jocko Willink. We have a bunch that are just amazing coming up. Go check that out. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you know what's good for you. Go check that out right now. We are the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast in the nation. So with all of this said, With all of this said, the the economy continues to do well. This was such a good news cycle. It really was. It was such a good news cycle. The economy was doing great. The the new jobs numbers are just terrific. Not only that, we have the highest federal collection of income taxes in history in 2018. If if you just look at the numbers, we are collecting more income taxes than ever before, even though we have lower income tax rates than we did last year. Why? Because supply-side economics works. When the economy grows, then the government actually takes in More taxes than if the economy is stagnant and we have higher tax rates. The economy has been going great guns under President Trump. We'll get to the deficit in a second, which is not quite as good. But this is a very good news cycle for President Trump. So in the last three weeks, he got a Supreme Court justice and watched the left kill themselves over Kavanaugh. He got Elizabeth Warren in one of the great unforced political blunders of my lifetime, releasing a report saying she was Native American when she she is less Indian than actual people from India. Like actual people from India have more Native American blood than Elizabeth Warren does, it's an amazing thing. And with that said, President Trump decides to step on himself with Stormy Daniels and calling people horseface. This is the only line of attack that Democrats have is just attacks on President Trump. And so this is what they're ratcheting up. Nancy Pelosi, who's looking at a bad Senate map right now, she's trying to suggest that President Trump is now in the pay. Of the Saudis, that the reason that President Trump hasn't been harsher on the Saudi government with regard to their murder of Jamal Khashoggi, their alleged murder of Jamal Khashoggi, an American resident who was a critic of the Saudi regime and also a fan of the Muslim Brotherhood, she says the reason Trump hasn't been harsher is because maybe he's being paid off by the Saudis.
1: In terms of Saudi Arabia, I think that was—I've always wondered why he went there as the first country to visit outside mm-hmm. of the United States, of course, as president of the United States. All the other presidents back to Ronald Reagan went to to uh, Canada or to <sighs> one to Mexico, right. George W. Bush. So in our hemisphere, were there are many friends and allies we could have gone to? So there was—I was always suspicious that there was some kind of a financial transaction involved there, whether for his businesses or whatever—
0: Good luck with this line of attack. It's, it's pretty crazy that, the, that Democrats think the only way that they're going to be able to win elections is by simply throwing out unverified and unverifiable information like this. But it shows how desperate they are, which is why, again, unforced errors are the biggest problem for the Trump administration. They've always been the biggest problem for the Trump administration. Here's, here's I think, the rule in American politics right now. Whoever shuts up first wins. Really, because this is just, it's the worst tennis match ever. Right? If you if you watch tennis players, you very often you will see that that sometimes the best strategy is just get the ball over the net because sooner or later somebody is gonna smack the ball into the net and then you win. Basically there's a, a great line. Which which comedian is it? I think it's Mitch Hedberg. Is that, is that the name of the comedian? Um so he he has a line. He says, No matter how good the problem I have with tennis is no matter how good I get, I'm never better than the wall. Well, that's that's essentially what's happening in American politics right now. If you are the wall, you win. If you are the wall, you win. That's all. If you are the person who just sits there and lets the other side bang its head against you, you win. If you are the person who commits unforced errors, you lose. The Democrats have been committing unforced error after unforced error here. And that's why it would be great if the president would just stop. But again, I guess we're going to have an entire news cycle now about horseface. Does it hurt Trump in any serious way? Not really, but it does jazz up the Democrats. Again, it reminds them how much they hate President Trump. When he goes away, it's hard for them to talk about this as much. Nobody cares. But with that said, you know, Trump, Trump going to Trump. That's just the way that it goes. Now, the, Trump also comes along with the benefit of Trump. Right? There's always a good side to what Trump is and a bad side to what Trump is. So the same guy who calls his former lover's horseface is the same fellow who's actually trying to stop these immigrant caravans that have been traveling from places like Honduras. So President Trump on Tuesday threatened to withdraw funding and aid from Honduras if it does not stop a caravan of people that ha- is heading to the United States. Trump said the United States has strongly informed the president of Honduras that if the large caravan of people heading to the U.S. is not stopped and brought back to Honduras, no more money or aid will be given to Honduras effective immediately. Up to 3,000 migrants crossed from Honduras into Guatemala on Monday on a trek northward after a standoff of police in riot gear and warnings from Washington that migrants should not try to enter the United States illegally. And then the crowd more than doubled in size and they do this. They do this march every year where people are sent up from Latin America through Central America and to the United States border. Trump threatening to withdraw aid from countries that don't stop this seems not completely unreasonable to me. With that said, he should be threatening aid to Saudi Arabia as well based on their human rights violations. And frankly, any country that commits human rights violations in the way that Saudi Arabia has. I'm not sure why we should be funding those countries, especially when we have the capacity to do much more direct damage to Iran through sanctions uh, and through military know-how than the Saudis do. I mean, the Saudis basically are there because we let them be there. In any case, the the other big story of the day is that Carter Page is now suing the DNC. So according to the Daily Caller, former Trump campaign associate Carter Page has filed a defamation lawsuit Monday against the DNC and its law firm, which commissioned the infamous Steele dossier. Page filed the suit in federal court in Oklahoma against the DNC, the law firm Perkins Coy, and two of its partners, Mark Elias and Michael Sussman. Now, you remember what happened with Carter Page. The accusation from the Republicans that Carter Page, who was a low-level foreign policy aide for President Trump, was basically hamstrung by the DNC. He was targeted for destruction by the DNC, working hand-in-glove with law enforcement members of the FBI and the Obama administration, the goal being to get a FISA warrant against him that would somehow damage the Trump campaign. That's basically the accusation. And to to support that accusation, there are a couple of pieces of evidence. One, Carter Page still has not been arrested. For all the attempts to get Carter Page, nobody's actually gotten Carter Page on anything. He's not been arrested. He's not been tried. No charges have been brought against him. So maybe this was all a setup. Point number two is that there are heavy ties between the, the Fusion GPS firm, That was hired by the DNC to do opposition research, which included some Carter Page material in the Steele dossier and the DNC and the FBI. And those ties have been revealed over time and they are bothersome. They are quite bothersome. They're quite troubling. Page is, is he filed that lawsuit and Perkins Coy is the firm that hired Fusion GPS, the opposition researcher that investigated Donald Trump's links to Russia. Elias, who's one of the well, lawyers over at Perkins Coie, was Perkins main contact to Fusion GPS. It was founded by three former Wall Street Journal reporters. As part of its $1 million project, Fusion GPS hired Christopher Steele to conduct the investigation. Now, what's fascinating about this lawsuit is that lawsuits sometimes are designed for victory, and sometimes lawsuits are designed for discovery. In other words, in the process of doing a lawsuit, you can ask bunch, a lot of questions to the person that you are suing, and they are forced to give up documents on those topics. So Carter Page obviously wants to dig deep into what the DNC was doing with Perkins Coy, what they were doing with Fusion GPS. It also opens him up to discovery as well. So in response, you could see the DNC asking for materials on Carter Page's relationship with the Trump administration in Russia. For Carter Page to launch the lawsuit, unless it's really ill-founded, suggests that Carter Page doesn't have a lot to hide, but he thinks the DNC does have a lot to hide. That's damaging stuff, obviously, for the DNC, if that is true. Again, Carter Page has been sort of the the main linchpin of a lot of Democratic efforts to paint collusion between Donald Trump and the Russian government in 2016. And so far, no hard evidence has been brought out to prove any of that stuff, to prove any of that stuff. So that is a story that we're going to watch as it unfolds. Now, in other news that I think is not as good, the budget deficit is the highest that it's been in years. And I hear I have to ding Republicans. So- We've heard for a lot of years that Republicans care about budget deficits. We kept hearing that Barack Obama was blowing out the debt, which he was. It's up to, what, $21 trillion now? It's unsustainable. And that's only the the debt that we know about, basically. There's a bunch of unfunded liabilities that put our actual total debt at many multiples of $20 trillion, unfunded liabilities for which we'll have to raise taxes or blow out inflation. But the U.S. budget deficit is expanding. Republicans have not been fiscally responsible. President Trump has not been fiscally responsible. He's been good on taxes. He's been good on regulations. He's been very, very, very bad on spending. According to CNBC, the U.S. federal budget deficit rose in fiscal year 2018 to the highest level in six years as spending climbed, the Trump administration said Monday. The deficit jumped $779 billion billion or 17% higher than the previous fiscal period, according to a statement from Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. It's larger than any year since 2012 when it topped $1 trillion. The budget shortfall rose to 3.9% of U.S. gross domestic product. That despite the fact we are now taking in more money than any time in American history from income tax. The problem we have in this country is not a taxing problem. It is a spending problem. And government is addicted to spending and nobody's gonna stop it because no one has an interest in actually stopping the spending. Americans like the idea of spending less until you actually ask them what sorts of programs they wish to see cut, at which point they get quite skittish, very, very skittish about doing any sorts of real cuts at all. Federal revenues rose slightly by $14 billion after Republicans chopped tax rates for corporations And individuals outlays climbed by $127 billion, including a spike in defense spending, as well as increases for Medicaid, Social Security, and disaster relief. So that is not exactly fiscal discipline. We have no party in the United States that stands for fiscal discipline. That needs to stop. This is bad, whether it is Republicans or whether it is Democrats. It is just bad stuff all the way around. There's nothing good happening here. We need to get that under control. If President Trump wants to win a second term, I would suggest that we start talking in serious fashion about those deficits because at some point the, the, the burden comes due. Okay, time for a few things that I like, and then we'll do some things that I hate. So things that I like today. Mark Levin's dad uh, writes books, and he, he wrote a children's book that's really great. I bought it for my kids, and it's great. It reminds kids that the police can actually be your friends. Despite all of the coverage by the, by the media, policemen are generally doing a great job And I say that in spite of the fact that there are some policemen who are doofs, right? I told you a story last week about a doof policeman who pulled us over while we were in a police (laughs) escort in Detroit, but the police overall do a fantastic job. They do a fantastic job keeping us safe and appreciating the members of our police is deeply necessary. Jack Levin, uh, the father of Mark Levin, wrote this. And Mark, I think, does something really sweet here by by pushing his dad's books. I I think that that's just a great thing that Mark does. Uh, I'm a big Mark Levin fan uh, and supporter. You should check it out, Our Police by Jack Levin. Uh, go check that out right now. Okay, other things that I like. So this is pretty funny. Last week, there was a song that I played on the show by a young woman of the left. Her name was Lindsay Lab Stewart. It was a feminist song in which she claimed that women can't do anything in the United States, but men can do anything that they want and shouldn't be scared of false rape accusations. Well, that has prompted a conservative blogger named Kylie Zemple to write and perform her own version of the song. And suffice it to say, the message is significantly better.
1: I don't act out of ignorance and not out of fear. You can blame the patriarchy, but I'll have none of that here. Someday I plan to have a family and an awesome career. If I need some inspiration, I just look in the mirror. Thanks, Leslie. No. Cause this is empowerment to me. Conservative women might be in the minority. You can speak for yourself, but you don't speak for me. I got a mind of my so just let
0: me be. So this is a better message. It's a better message than we'll women me are back. deeply victimized every single day in the United States, and men shouldn't worry about their victimization at the hands of women who lie sometimes or who misremember sometimes. This is a much better message because it turns out, you know it's a bad message, a better message than the democratic message, the left message, that you're not a victim and that you're in control of your own life in a free country. There, there's a fascinating study. We talked about it last week, this hidden tribes study, it was the one that said eighty percent of Americans hate political correctness. That same study showed a massive gap between the left and the right on one particular issue, whether people can succeed on their own merits in the United States. 86% of people who call themselves progressive said that you are not free to succeed on your own merits in the United States. Only 2% of of people on the right thought that you are not able to succeed on your own merits in the United States. Which one do you think is a more inspiring message likely to lead to the success of individuals? Certainly the conservative message. Okay, time for a couple of things that I hate. So Alec Baldwin now apparently has a, a talk show, I guess, on ABC, which is pretty incredible. The man just keeps failing up, right? He was on MSNBC. He lost his talk show on MSNBC. That couldn't support ratings. But They thought, OK, well, we'll put him on ABC and that will fix things. Uh-huh. Well, one of the things that he said over the past week is that he is horrified President Trump is president, which is kind of amazing coming from a guy who left a message on his daughter's answering machine talking about how she was a little pig and how terrible she is again. I understand people having character quibbles with the presidents of the United States and serious character questions about the presidents of the United States. I certainly do. But I do not understand people in Hollywood suddenly finding their moral scruples when it comes to presidents after they spent years preparing the way, playing fluffer for Bill Clinton. But here's Alec Baldwin. I mean, mean, to me, every day I wake up, I still am horrified and I feel like I'm in some dream that
1: Trump is the president of the United States. I can't even, I most can't even say it. Okay, well, because so, people, I have to say, it is just in this country, amazing. They it is buy. amazing.
0: We can shut that idiot up. It, this is amazing. According to Nielsen, the premiere. this is on ABC, right? Not on not on MSNBC or a cable network, on ABC. The premiere of his ABC talk show brought in 2.2 million total viewers with an anemic 0.4 rating in the advertiser coveted 18 to 49 demographic. Okay, let me give you a by way of contrast. A by way of contrast. He's on ABC, a network. My Fox Sunday show, okay, my Fox election special last week, the week before Sunday, because I think the ratings aren't out yet. The, the week before Sunday, it brought in 1.8 million. I nearly matched his ratings on Fox News on a Sunday night during Sunday night football. Okay, he's on ABC and he couldn't get any ratings. He keeps failing up. He keeps failing up. You know what there's a market for? It's, it's really amazing when you think about it. There is not a single Trump, forget Trump supporting, Trump curious. You know, there's not even anybody who's mildly positive toward Trump, even when he does good things, on network TV. And yet they keep going back to the same old horses who keep falling down dead in the ratings. And and so Alec Baldwin keeps getting jobs, even though the guy can't draw flies, except if he's on another show like 30 Rock or SNL. Pretty amazing how all of this works. Okay, well, we will be back here tomorrow with all of the latest. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. (laughs)